everything we do outside of our church starts within our church and so all of our new songs that we write um anything that we kind of are like oh we feel like this is a thing that we need to release usually comes from the place of like this is what our youth ministry loves i guess this is what god is asking us to put out between the grooves is hosted by james curtis music director and morning man in the greater toronto area on joy radio Hosts James Curtis talk to artists and industry insiders to discover the connection between music and faith. You can connect with the show at faithstrongtoday.com slash between the grooves or via Twitter at between grooves. Welcome to Between the Grooves, James Curtis, along with Aisha Woods. How are you? Hey, hey, I'm doing great. I'm I'm trying to stave off a little flu bug, though, oh, no. to be perfectly honest. Right. My um, middle boy got it last week, and then one of the younger two got it uh, two days ago. Mm-hmm. And I woke up this morning feeling a little weird, so I'm, I'm trying to stave it off. And Summertime is not the time to get sick, either. Oh, my gosh, no. When kids are on no. summer break, you want to be enjoying <sighs> the sunshine, enjoying the outdoors. For me, whenever I'm feeling under the weather, it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. that, you know, my mom always used to say, you got to drink lots. And and while that's true, uh, I just didn't have to want to run to the bathroom all the time. Like if for me, I need to be lying down and I need to sleep and Mm -hmm. I certainly don't want to be. And that's what solves it for me. Honestly, if I if I'm sick, I got to sleep. I just I'll yes. go to bed early. I'll take a nap or whatever else. That's what kills any kind of bug for me. The problem, yeah. though, is if I'm drinking lots, you can't sleep very long. So you're 20 no. minutes in. It's like, oh, I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> that's right? right. So I unfortunately maybe get a little dehydrated when I'm sick because I try not to drink so that I can sleep, mm-hmm. which will solve the whole sickness issue. <laughs> right? right, right. What about for you and your kids? What do you do? It's, it's a catch-22 because for for us, like growing up, we always heard feed a cold, starve a fever. Oh, okay. Well, my kids are having both symptoms. So right. it's like, okay, do I feed them? Do I not feed them? Right. <laughs> do I give them, keep them hydrated? And, you know, are they going to be puking? And Well, that's why, <laughs> so you, that's why you starve the fever, right? Because right. You, they can't handle that and the stomach just doesn't accept the but that's when you have the toast and the soup and everything else right. just to get the nutrients into the body. But mm-hmm. it kind of sucks, like I said, for it to be summertime and, and the kids to be under the weather. Although yeah. you might save a little money on day trips and, and whatnot, <laughs> right? As long as you don't have that's any true. vacation plans in the near future, you're okay. Right. I'm trying to look at this from a positive standpoint, okay? Yes. <laughs> yes. You have to stay positive. Yeah. When you're sick, rest is best, Yeah. according when, to Daniel Tiger. Right. Now, what <laughs> What have you done in the past when you had to perform and you were under the weather? What did you do? Push through. You push through? Push through. Any uh, secret antidote that you would have Um, to either for strength? Emergency. Emergency. Have you seen those? Do they they sell it up there? I don't know. Emergency, the little vitamin packs. um, Mm. I I thought it was a spray of some sort. No, no. No, no? Mm -mm. Okay, it's it's pill form. uh, Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking of the spray for your throat. Oh, okay. Yeah. Throat coat. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, there's the um, cover your face 
and your head with a towel and you get the um, moisture oh and the, what is, the smoke mm-hmm. or whatever whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I could never get into that. Yeah. But. Me either. Um, but honestly, the, the only thing that has consistently affected my voice, like when I have engagements or what have you, is the lack of rest. Right. So when I'm under the weather or just running ragged, I need to sit down somewhere and take it easy and then I'll be okay. The problem is when you're running ragged, you are busy and sometimes too busy to get that rest mm-hmm. that you need, right? It's true. So mm-hmm. it is a catch-22 at times. Yeah. But yeah, whenever I'm under the weather, if it's midweek, I'll try to grab a nap, which I don't normally do during the week. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's necessarily healthy, but if that's the only way I can recuperate and, and get my energy back and stuff, because if you're running ragged, you're tired, you're, mm-hmm. you know, you just don't feel like doing anything, but there's so much to do. Right. Yeah. And then you can't do things well, yeah. you know, yeah. you'll do them, but they won't be done well. Yeah. So. Well, hopefully you're feeling yeah. better and the kids are as well. Thank you. So. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Today, we have a great conversation with Elevation Rhythm, a couple of members of the band, because there's a whole pile of people in the group, mm-hmm. uh, Madison and David joining us shortly, kind of got me thinking about how worship music has evolved over the years. You know, 20 it years has. ago, it was your solo artists or almost labels like Integrity. And right. I, I can remember- Paranatha. Yeah, I can remember <laughs> growing up, my mom would have the cassettes that she would play and mm-hmm. she would subscribe to and get all these different cassettes of the worship music. And that's kind of how you got sure. familiar with it. And then you start hearing more and more as music becomes more prevalent. You get the internet, you get streaming and everything else. Right. And then you have artists like Chris Tomlin, Matt Marr, Phil Wickham, and they kind of bring worship music to the forefront. And it becomes part of the CCM world. Right. You know, in the music that you hear. The culture. On the radio, mm-hmm. exactly. But in recent years, and I remember even growing up when I was in church, my music pastor at the time wanted to do an album. And so mm-hmm. it was all his music that he wrote. And okay. we were his backup singers. It was it was his album, wow. even though it was the church that was kind of doing all this and the church was behind him on it. You mm-hmm. didn't really have a church doing a worship album. Right. But that's right. all changed now. Oh, sure. I would say a lot of the worship music that we hear now are from people like... Worship bands. Worship bands. Mm-hmm. Bethel, Maverick City, Hillsong, like all these right. groups that are household names now that mm-hmm. have come up with music that we recognize, music that we worship to in church. Sure. Right? Yep. And that didn't sure used do. to be the case. So it's a, it's incredible to see how all of that has happened. And it's great to see churches getting behind that because it's costly to come mm-hmm. up with an album. It's costly to get recording time. It's costly to get all these people together and record oh, sure. and everything else. But for a church to kind of foot the bill, mm-hmm. um, I've always wondered when churches do that, who makes the money? It's <laughs> a good question. If I can be frank, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's a good question. Who, who, you know, is, is the worship leader going to get paid royalties? Because when we play music on the radio, we have to pay fees. That's right. Royalty fees. And those fees eventually end up in the artist's hands after mm-hmm. many months of calculation and whatever else. Right. I don't know what these agencies do and how long it takes for them to get them. But, you know, you come up with music and you get royalties on that music from radio right. airplay, streaming and everything else. Quarterly. 
Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, streaming, I'm, I, you get tons of money from the streaming side of things. No, I'm just kidding. That's a that's a that's that a was, different conversation. That was a great joke. <laughs> that's a different conversation. But you get it from obviously the sales of your music, the people purchasing your right. music, and also the radio airplay. So yes. what happens in the church environment, like your Hill songs, your Maverick cities, and whatever else? There's mm-hmm. a whole pile of people involved in that process. Do the songwriters yes. get it? Do the performers get it? And I use the term performers loosely because I don't really believe in performance as right, much right. as you know the actual act of worship. But right. yeah, that's uh, I've always been curious as to how that all comes down. Maybe we'll get some answers when we talk with these guys. Maybe we will. Maybe we will. <laughs> Elevation Rhythm on episode 231 of Between the Grooves. Let's get into it with Madison and David. on the welcoming team. You got a great smile. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, sorry, a little off track there. Well, thank you, David and Madison, uh, for joining us. Um, to start, you know, my church, actually a lot of churches have the main worship band and then there's the youth band. And I guess you guys are kind of like the youth band for Elevation. Yes, that is 100% correct. Um, Elevation worship has definitely pioneered uh, music in our church and you know we we've been obviously singing their songs in our youth ministry as well but then about like five six years ago we just kind of started to almost like remix a lot of the elevation worship songs so like for example like we would do echo but in the drum break in echo we'd throw in like a justin bieber uh, breakdown. So it'd be like, echo in my boom, boom, boom. That, that's the one I played on the radio. I'll be honest, that's the version I played. It was a lot better. I, I shouldn't say that. It was a lot better. It was just different and it was a, a, a nice beat to it. Exactly. It was a lot better. So that's, oh, you know, I, I, I wouldn't say if it was a better, it was just different. Yeah. <laughs> and um, that's where we just kind of started and then eventually, um, uh, just started writing our own songs, um, started doing them within our own youth ministry. And that was really the genesis of just kind of like the youth band at Elevation Church. Right. Mm. Uh, now, typically in a church, you've got the main worship team that handles Sunday service or, or the main service. Do you guys get invited to do that once in a while as well? Yeah, for sure. We, uh, we like to sing on Sunday mornings, and a lot of us are actually at different campuses. Um because most of us as vocalists are also worship leaders in the church. So um, a lot of us get to sing at the different campuses and, you know, be a, be apart from that standpoint as well. Cool beans. So where are you actually, Madison? So I, um, I actually have the chance to travel. I'm a, actually a travel worship leader. So okay. I kind of go to different places. Uh, last week I was at our, I'm sorry, yesterday actually, I was at our Valentine campus. And then um, the week before that, I was at another campus. So I kind of get the chance to travel around, which is really awesome because I love meeting new people and just seeing new team dynamics. It's one of my favorite things. When you go to these different uh, campuses, are you the lead worshiper uh, or are you guest uh, worshiper and just singing backup? So, yes, so I'm, the, I'm the lead worshiper. Um, I kind of lead, the, I get to lead the team. And so like our musicians and our vocalists, um, we kind of, I mean, we work collectively as a team and everyone, you know, kind of pitches in in different ways, but, um, I get to lead that Sunday. Yeah, that's right. Right. That'd be a nice gig to have to travel around, especially, right? um, 
I, I, I think of Toronto where we get snow in the wintertime, so I wouldn't want to go anywhere in, in Toronto, <clears throat> travel any kind of distance or whatever in the wintertime. But in the summertime, yeah, why not? You know, visit different churches yeah. every week and stuff. Yeah, it'd be nice. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really cool. I love getting to uh, just, like, see different places, like, get to travel around. I'm actually kind of far from most of our campuses, so anywhere I go really is kind of a little travel, travel weekend, but it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's a lot of fun. That's good. Now, with traveling and leading worship, what do rehearsals look like for you? So most of our rehearsals actually start on Sunday mornings. We don't really have any weekday rehearsals. Gotcha. Uh, a lot of our musicians and vocalists are just expected to come prepared. Um, yes. Which is, honestly, is one of my favorite parts because everyone really gives their best on Sunday mornings and practices mm-hmm. through the week on their own time and then come together. Um so just like being prepared in that sense, I think gets to show a lot of the skill and talent of a lot of our musicians sure. and a lot of our vocalists just, you know, saying, well, are you prepared? Are you ready to go? And most of us are, we try to be, you know, so, mm-hmm. um, so Sunday mornings are, are actually our only practice. We usually get there around six or seven, depending on the location. Um, and then the first, the first experience starts at nine thirty. Whose responsibility is it to bring the coffee and donuts? <laughs> that would be that would be the hospitality team. Oh, okay. <laughs> I wasn't sure if one of the band members or whatever. They would. Yeah. yeah. Gotta have them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, David, yeah, um, how many how many people are in Elevation Rhythm? How many like whether it's the musicians or the singers? How many how many people like the, how big is this group? Well, that, that's a great question. I think uh, I, we've kind of focused on always being available to uh, bring in as many people as possible. And so what started off with like about six people has turned into about just like 12 to 13 different people from uh, different campuses within our church, but then also people who are just friends who help us write songs. And so if you're asking who's a part of Elevation Rhythm specifically, um, we've got about 12 people that kind of are, are around with the team and kind of are brought into our culture here. And would this be a full-time job for all of those people or they, do they have other things happening in their lives? No, sir. So primarily this is volunteer-based with, through our church. And so um, it's not really like no one is full-time hired to specifically just be a part of Elevation Rhythm. Um, mm. We, Myself, I am uh, on staff at our church. I'm a worship leader, but also uh, happen to be a part of the programming team for our youth ministry. And so my main priority isn't necessarily just getting on a stage and leading worship on tours or kind of getting to travel. My main priority is to serve our local church in whatever capacity you know it, it is during the week. I lead an e-group with our teenagers. Madison, um, who's on the call with us, uh, she volunteers on the weekend leading worship, but in the week uh, is either studying or she's uh, she's doing, she's got a job as a real estate agent too. And so it really is just like above and beyond uh, what you would normally do as like your nine to five. Being a part of Rhythm is like, hey, yeah. this is where I feel like God is calling me to serve uh, the local church too. So if that's the case... Then what happens, if you don't mind me asking, what happens to, um, you know, you get radio airplay, there's some Mm. uh, royalties and revenue that's generated from that. You've got a new album, there'll be Mm -hmm. revenue that's generated from that. Where does that go to? Does that go, now, 
Does that go to Elevation Worship, the, the big band, or does that go to you guys? <laughs> that's, a, that's a great question. No, so um, Elevation Rhythm falls under our label team, um, which is our Elevation Worship uh, label. And so we do have, so like all the, we have publishing deals with a lot of our writers who help write the music um, on our recent album. And so we'll reach out to like other artists who have their pub deals with their other uh, companies. And so, all of that still within the writing aspect. We that still all falls under the the elevation worship records. And so I've got a publishing deal. Uh, we've got other writers who have other pub deals under elevation records. So that's kind of how that side of the thing works. I hope that makes sense. Hope that answers the question. Sure. But if there's if yeah, there's so. a team writing songs, are they mm-hmm. are they writing songs specifically for elevation rhythm or maybe elevation worship or both? So it's both. And okay. so we have, yeah, we have writing camps where it's like, hey, this writing camp is specifically for rhythm. And then we have other writing camps that's like, okay, this is a writing camp for elevation worship. But a lot of the time, some of the songs that maybe were written for elevation worship, they maybe are like, oh, this is a little bit too young or a little bit too different. Well, then kind of get tossed to like, hey, what if rhythm could take it and kind of mm-hmm. run with it? And so it's, it's kind of both both and it's kind of weird it's like everything's done for our church and then depending on where the need is in that season the song will then kind of be turned into whatever the church needs it or the artistry needs it needs it for that's good stuff now what about the choreography because you guys Mm. have some moves and um (laughs) and uh Yeah, you'd never. I would never be able to do any of that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's like that's like exercise. (laughs) Madison, you should tell them the story about uh, how we get ready and and how specifically you get ready. Oh my goodness! Oh my word! Okay, (laughs) Um, so David is actually uh, a professional dancer. No, I'm joking. (laughs) (laughs) I believed you. Yeah, I know he's he's crazy. It's crazy, but um, he he actually knows how to dance really well. And a lot of people on the team, I guess I don't know really how to say, it, but like they also have like a lot of rhythm. And so like a lot of us will just come together and like David will teach us something new. Or one of our um, one of our creative directors, Melissa, will also teach us some new stuff. And just kind of we kind of come add it more from a stage presence view rather than a choreography. Sure. So what what do you look like on stage from an audience perspective? Like, do you look like you're having fun and jumping around and kind of just really representing like rhythm and, and just, I mean, really, we just have a lot of fun on stage and that's just honestly what's portrayed. And so like mm-hmm. all the jumping and dancing around and like, and that kind of stuff honestly happens naturally most of the time now for me personally i will say i am the least um the least uh what is the word um coordinated (laughs) i am the least coordinated on our team and so i really tend to just kind of like bounce a little bit and i'm like i'll jump and i just i smile because like i don't want to look weird but i know i look weird so not all of them are the best on stage, but uh, we really just try to have a fun on stage. And I mean, all of us, we love each other. So it's not yeah. hard to smile and, and have fun. So a lot of that comes naturally. 
Now, I don't want to date myself or anything, but you guys are familiar <laughs> with uh, Seinfeld? Yes. Are you familiar with yeah. the Are you familiar with the character Elaine? <laughs> and and yes. the, there's the one episode where where she dances and it's just awful. That's me. Oh, That's oh me. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so, I'm you know, I'm my, sure we could give you a pointer or two. I promise you could dance just like us. I, I don't know. I, you know, we'll, we'll go to it. My wife and I will go to a wedding. And of course, they have dancing after after the wedding. And it's all they yeah. always start with the fast dancing. And I will not be on the dance floor. And my wife will you know, be looking at me longingly like, why aren't we going out to dance? And, and, and of course, then she looks at me and, and knows why right away. But when it comes to the slow dance, I mean, I could do that because that's easy. You just stand there and just rock back and forth. Right. <laughs> yeah. The, the, all, all the fast dances, it's all in the bounce of your knees. That's all you have to remember. Just as long as you bend your knees to the rhythm, you'll be good. Oh my God. I, I'm not saying I don't have rhythm. I just don't have the <laughs> the dance rhythm part, you know? Like, I know music. I, I can do music, but it's just that the rhythm part, you know? Just clap on the two and four, uh, one and three. That's oh, that's 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 Some big songs. right there. That's big right there. There we go. In the original Pentecostal days, you know, mm. I shouldn't say original Pentecostal days, but like 20, 30 years ago, that you had to tell people uh, about clapping <laughs> properly, right? Like you had to yeah, educate the congregation, right? Yeah, we for sure. we still do sometimes. <laughs> That's pretty scary. That's pretty scary. But there you go. I don't know. We started talking about Elaine, but anyways. Um, so you guys uh, do your music. I mean, obviously you're recording music, and there's you're getting radio airplay and whatever else. But besides Sunday mornings, is there a, an actual youth group that you guys are part of doing each week? Yes. So right now uh, we have Rhythm Nights, which is uh, what we do once a month as our big youth services, where Mm. all of our locations come together into one building. And we have like, those are our nights where we do all the crazy stuff that normal youth groups do. Like we'll do crazy games. We'll have like an after party with like ice cream and food trucks. But those nights are heavily focused on really building a culture of worship through elevation rhythm and that's where we typically introduce new songs typically like uh write songs with our team um specifically for two and so those are like the main avenue where rhythm is every month that's our home base that's what we're called to do that's the almost like that's the genesis of our ministry because everything we do outside of our church starts within our church and so all of our new songs that we write um, anything that we kind of are like, oh, we feel like this is a thing that we need to release usually comes from the place of like, this is what our youth ministry loves. So I guess this is what God is asking us to put out. Mm. Is yeah. that how Elevation Rhythm actually start, started? Like it started in the youth, just kind of doing your own thing, kind of separate from Elevation Worship as far as the um, albums and the radio airplay and everything else you just kind of started doing something and it's kind of naturally evolved into hey why don't we start doing something bigger yeah that's exactly how it happened i mean it was just like hey we just wanted to almost like create our own version of what elevation worship was doing and the energy that it was creating so it wasn't even about oh we want to write records and we want to tour and we want to you know like like be on the radio it really just started with like hey like there's a new generation rising within our church and how do we mm-hmm. give them their own sound that they feel like is a part of their identity and then out of that you know came the little pieces that we started doing in our youth experiences and in our youth services 
and only once we you know kind of started to feel like oh man we've we've got and we've got something that we're doing was our lead pastor that reached out to us and said hey what are you guys doing with all these songs that you've written and we we're like i don't know we're just going to keep doing them in our youth services and he said i feel like god's asking you to do a little more with them and that mm. was when innovation rhythm was birthed it was always just these are just our youth songs so we never had like a brand we were never like oh this is what we're trying to do we were just trying to serve right. our teenagers in our youth ministry I kind of yeah. saw that because uh, when I first heard of Elevation Rhythm, you guys didn't have much of a web presence or anything at that point. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I, I remember we have a feature on the radio called New Music Monday where we introduce a mm-hmm. new track to our listeners. And it was, uh, I don't know, a couple of years ago or whenever it was. And it, mm-hmm. it was a song that you guys, and I don't remember the song, but whatever it was, yeah. we always do a social media post alongside with it. And I couldn't find any image to use because there was nothing <laughs> online about Elevation <laughs> Rhythm. It was, it was a good challenge to have, right? Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm so sorry about that. I remember it was probably Never Walk Away because that was like the first single that we ever put out. And that happened within like two months. So I remember the meeting of um, our pastor walking in and going, hey, like, what are you guys doing with that song you guys did two weeks ago in the youth ministry? And we're like, oh, we're just going to keep doing it. And he said, well, I need you guys to record it and put it out within the next month. And all of a sudden, it was just like a whirlwind of like, what are we going to call ourselves? Where, like, who's going to record the songs? And so it was really just like out of the blue. And it was just something that came from the heart of our past and not really just like something we were trying to strive for. And it's been really cool to see how much we've progressed from that. That's awesome. Now, David, you have yes. an accent and, um, yes. and I'm curious, like, <laughs> where is the accent from? So, great question. It's actually from Louisiana. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was, uh, I'm from South Africa. I've lived okay. there my whole life, moved to America about five years ago. Awesome. I love that awesome. accent. I've worked with people that have too. that accent. And, and I, if you hadn't told us, like if we had to guess, that's what a, that would have been my first guess. Mine too. Um, yeah. <laughs> thank you. That's you guys great. are clearly well-traveled because a lot of people go, are you from... Uh, are you from Britain? And I'm like, no. Like, okay. Yeah. Are you from Australia? I'm like, no, no. no, no. <laughs> that is <laughs> South African, very distinct for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, what's the promotion for you guys? If somebody's in the uh, Elevation Rhythm, is their goal to get into Elevation Worship? Like, is that the natural progression, or have you not kind of got to that point yet? Oh, uh, we're we're still brand new to everything and so i think the natural progression right now is that once you're kind of a part of our uh rhythm your your biggest thing is like hey like how do i continue to just help minister with you know like with the team uh there's no real goal of like okay once you're like you know at this level in rhythm then you kind of get upgraded to elevation worship right now it's just it's two uh teams within the same house who are just approaching yeah. worship, mu- uh, worship music in their own identity. A lot of it, we actually get a lot of our inspiration from Elevation Worship. They're kind of like our big brothers and sisters. And so mm-hmm. that's why it was so cool going out with them on tour um, with Elevation Lights with Pastor Stephen. It was amazing to be like the opener for Elevation Worship and to just see how like different but yet uh, very similar all of our hearts for worship is we just happen to be the yeah. younger version of, of 
what they bring. <laughs> many, many years ago, I helped run a youth group. And every once in a while, we'd have a Sunday morning where it was, or maybe it was a mm. Sunday night where it was a youth service and it was advertised mm. as such. And so the youth band was going to do the worship and everything else. And can I tell you, uh, it seemed like the the people that attended, the congregation that attended that service had a lot more fun mm-hmm. <laughs> during the youth service <laughs> than they did on a regular service. So that's why that's why I was saying like maybe maybe elevation worship needs to be looking up to elevation rhythm. Oh, wow. <laughs> Ooh, I'll make sure I tell Chris Brown that very statement. I yeah. <laughs> you tell him that. You tell him that. See what happens. <laughs> I think I'd actually like to touch on that a little bit, um, how you're talking about that culture uh, shift. It is it is a little bit different. You know, as as most of us get to lead on Sunday mornings as well, you know, we get to lead the, um, the more matured audiences um, during those times. But as rhythm, we also get to see a lot of children who, who are new to faith. And so they're learning this love for God. And that's what we get to see. And that's what we get to I guess kind of help guide and that's probably honestly why it's so energetic and and the spirit might just be a little different there Mm. because everyone's just so excited they're learning about this god who loves them and who's chasing after them and it's just passion and i think that's really what comes out of rhythm nights and it's a blessing that we get to be a part of it and just Mm. lead that lead that moment and allow god to connect with those people on a different level than they get to in there normal lives or maybe even, you know, normal Sunday mornings, but it's, it's something that we create directed towards them, directed towards mm-hmm. our youth culture. And that was a big part of just like the album growing pains, you know, trying to, mm-hmm. trying to teach that, you know, there, there might be suffering through the journey, but there's, there's a purpose and there's, sure. there's challenge through faith. And I think that's probably why, we um we love worshiping so much with these mm-hmm. kids because there's something new about it. There's something fresh about this passion that they have for Christ. I actually think that so some of that older generation needs some of that. If if yes, you know sure what I mean, <laughs> some of these older yeah, generation exactly. kind of set in their ways and <laughs> need a little wake up call and a little uh, you know you know the paddles when you've got a heart attack or whatever they need that paddle on them. You know? Oh yeah, <laughs> just a little yeah. little shock value. It's just like wake up, you know. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. Put a smile on your face. Have some fun, right? That's it. Yeah, thank God. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, Madison, uh, David, thank you so much for uh, hanging with us in Between the Grooves. Thank you guys so much for having us. It was so much fun. Yeah, it was. Thanks Thanks again. Thank you so much. Let's do it again sometime. Sounds great. (laughs) Okay. Take care. Bye, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was a fun conversation. Mm-hmm. It's always more fun to talk with younger people. Mm-hmm. They <laughs> uh, help keep you young, that's for sure. That's true. And the other thing, too, <laughs> is it's nice to talk to younger people who are articulate and know what they're talking about. Right. And what they're I mean. Level-headed. Yeah. And what I mean by that is very often on the podcast, we've spoken to relatively young artists Mm-hmm. And had a conversation with them, and they don't know how to respond. They don't have answers to questions, and sure, it becomes more sure. of an interview versus just having a conversation. Whereas a conversation, yes. Whereas this was just you know us hanging over coffee, shooting the breeze, shooting the breeze, and and uh-huh. uh, having some fun. And and uh, 
I'm glad all the connections worked out and, and stuff mm-hmm. because we had uh, Madison on the phone and then we had uh, David connecting through our direct link here into our studio and stuff and then you in Florida. So I'm glad everything uh, worked out. And mm-hmm. uh, they're, uh, I'm really happy that they've been able to grow as much as they have in such a short time. Right. I mean, an album? Like, who would have thought? how long have they been out? Um, uh, just a... I'll say two or three years. Is that a couple years? Yeah, something like that. I mean, it, it's just kind of, as he said, happened by accident more than anything mm. else. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's exciting to see uh, how they've grown as a group and mm-hmm. and how they are so integrally involved in their church, but also right. as an outreach to their community and the youth in their community and also outside of their community when they tour with right. Elevation Worship and stuff. Like, I think mm-hmm. that's that's awesome that they get that opportunity. Certainly an opportunity that 20 years ago you wouldn't have seen anybody no. in any church be able to do something like that. Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. So, yeah, that's uh, exciting times for them and uh, hopefully everything goes well with their, uh, with their album as well. Mm-hmm. Well, if you want to find out more about those guys at Elevation Rhythm, check out their website at elevationrhythm.com and um, keep up with them where they're touring and their new music and all their socials. Now that they're keeping up with themselves. Right. <laughs> They've they established kinda, their own identity they outside had to. of yeah. Elevation Worship. That's right. They kind of had to. Well, it's time now for some artist advice, and we're going to check in with Rochelle Luke. All right. If I could only pick one thing, I would say to really go to God and spend time with Him. Ask Him to help you define success for you as an artist. Don't go around just looking at what everyone else is doing and comparing yourself to what you see other people doing and kind of setting that as your goal. Um... That was a mistake I made early on. Um, Really go to your creator and ask him to give you vision, to give you um, his definition of success for you as an artist and live that out. Spend time with God. And you know what really caught me on this was how do you define success? Mm -hmm. Because how I define success, probably not how God defines success for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's different for a lot of people. And really, when you kind of put it through the lens of what God expects and what he says in his word, you know, it'll cause us to take back take a second look at things, you know, and consider it differently. And change our priorities a little as well. Yeah, I'd agree. If you're in it for the money, and if that's what God has told you <laughs> you're in it for, great. Chances are that's not the case. <laughs> right. <laughs> Chances that's not the case. But uh, right. yeah, great words of wisdom from Rochelle Luke. Thank you once again to Madison and David from Elevation mm-hmm. Rhythm. Really enjoy our conversation. Wish we could have chatted longer, but uh, we will try to have them back sometime in the future for sure. Yeah. And that is it for this episode of Between the Grooves. Make sure you subscribe to the podcasts on your favorite app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. And you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Between Grooves. Follow us as we follow Christ. (laughs) You know that scripture? Yes, yes. There you go. That's good. That will encourage people to do the right thing. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh.